When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Second try, the magic and the majesty of post-editing. Welcome to Gray's Academy. My name is Carmen. I'm not going to do the whole thing I did over again. Uh... (laughs) We're my beautiful, is, you're beautiful. My and name I'm, yeah, is Kelsey. I, yeah, yeah, hooray. We've been having technical issues for like 30 minutes, but now we've gotten it together, hopefully. So if you're listening to that, everything has been resolved. And if you're not listening to this, then we're probably pretty mad. So um, hopefully it all works out. But um, it's a beautiful day for a podcast. So now we're going to have a beautiful podcast. And everything's sure going to be so. perfect. <laughs> You know, I should have known when it snowed as much as it did today that today was going to just be weird on the podcast. I should have known. Yeah, it's uh, it's it was an omen. And now we are going to talk about this episode. We sure are, is, Kelsey. Yes, we are. Episode 11 of the second season, the 20th episode overall. It is called Owner of a Lonely Heart, originally performed by the band. Yes. Carmen, enlighten me. So in all of my searches uh, to get the finding the answer on GarageBand issues, uh, I lost my page, but I have it back now. Okay, so uh, the song Owner of Lonely Heart is performed, like you said, by, yes, they're a British rock band. And this song came out in 1983. And I have to tell you, this song oozes of the 80s. (laughs) Uh, Did you listen to it? I did not. Yeah, it's everything that you could want out of an 80s song. Uh, Synthesizers, uh, hair metal, uh, and uh, just the perfect kind of delay on a guitar. Uh, It was released October 8th, 1983, and it was uh, released under the label Atco, which I don't believe is a label anymore, but uh, it was very popular in the 80s. Uh, Off of the 11th studio album. Uh, by the band, yes, called 90125, which is not a n- number that just rolls off the tongue very easily. Uh, written by Trevor Rabin and the rest of the band. So this song, actually, uh, it's it's good, but it's not reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100's good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did do that uh, in 1984. It uh, hit uh, number one as a single. It's the band's first and only single to reach number one. Uh, but I don't think I would count them as a one-hit wonder because they had a number of albums, obviously. Uh, I also want to highlight that they hit uh, number 69, nice, 
on the U.S. <laughs> adult contemporary billboard. So number one overall in the Hot 100, 69, nice, on the adult uh, contemporary <laughs> charts. Committed. Committed. I'm very committed. Um, number two in Canada, number four in Sweden, uh, number three uh, on the Dance Disco Top 80. So it, it had a good run, but that that's not – it sounds like that's the, the best song they've ever had. Uh, good song. I listened to it. Uh, I had the lyrics pulled up as well. Uh, when I was listening to this – so the first verse forever. So it's move, your, move yourself. You always live your life. Never thinking of the future. Prove yourself. You are the move you make. Take your chances, win or lose. See yourself. You are the steps you take. You and you. And that's the only way. Shake shake yourself. You're, you're every move you make. So the story goes. Uh, and then it's owner of a lonely heart over and over a couple of times. So I'm not going to sing... The, or say the rest of the lyrics, but I genuinely listened to the song, uh, thought it was going to be about, uh, it was going to be a very Izzy and uh, Alex heavy episode, but now that I've watched this episode, it's a very Olivia and George heavy episode. Yeah, it's just an interesting episode. It's a, it's an interesting episode overall, and I am so excited to talk to you about this episode. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but I feel like it wasn't great. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, too. I also thought it wasn't great, but I'm sure not for the reasons that you thought it wasn't great. Well, my thing was I was just, like, watching it, and I was like, damn, after because it's really a two-parter with the last episode in a lot of ways. And the last episode was really good. I think you gave it, like, a 3.9, and I gave it a 4. Or like you gave yes, it a four and yes. I gave it a four and a half. One of those. Like it was a 3.9 really, and a four. Yeah. 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 We really enjoyed the last episode. And I was like, I mean, I remembered how all of these plot lines resolved, but I didn't remember like the specifics of the episode. And I was like, this is really only okay. And not a great episode for Izzy. Really not on her no, side. And no. I feel like I was like, am I supposed to be on her side? Because I'm not in any way. <laughs> so uh, it was just weird. I was so I'm I'm gonna spoil a little bit and, and I'm not gonna tell you my rating until the end. So you right. have to listen to the end, listener. <laughs> uh you in Germany. Uh but while while I was visiting with Kelsey and Michael last week, uh Kelsey was in the car and told Jessica, who is now on season nine, yep. stupid, uh <laughs> that some one of my predictions comes true. And None of my predictions comes true in this episode. Yeah, I didn't say which prediction or when it was. I just said well, one that's... of the predictions you made oh was correct. Oh my gosh. So I'm I've been I was sitting there watching this whole episode expecting something that I said last week to come true and that's why this episode is not going to be good because uh. I misinterpreted what you said. <laughs> my bad. Um, that's okay. but also I your bad. You. Okay. No, no. So this episode was released December 4th, 2005. It had 20.58 million views, so up a little bit from last week, um, but still in the same range. It was written by Mark Wilding, who also wrote several episodes of Private Practice and Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder, so he's definitely in the Shondaland family. And then it was directed by Dan Minahan, who directed a lot of like um house of cards and game of thrones and like very this was his only he's done five episodes of grace but he didn't do any of the other shondaland stuff but he's done a lot of really current big name tv shows so good for him 
All right, now we're going to read the Netflix synopsis, which uh, is a real dumb, just so everyone is prepared. It's probably the worst one so far. Okay. Christina has little sympathy for an inmate who jeopardizes her health to get out of solitary confinement. The end? That's it. Oh, okay. That's the entire Netflix synopsis. So basically missing all of the rest of the important plots. Yeah, yeah it's not so good. Anyone who's listening for the first time because Owner of a Lonely Heart is the first thing that you woke up and you searched for today. <laughs> uh, I don't ever read the Netflix synopsis because I don't want there to be any spoilers. Right. And so now that I get to listen to these synopses with hindsight... <laughs> Some of them suck. Most of them don't have spoilers. <laughs> I will say that. That's not. Yeah. Well, most of them don't even talk about what's actually happening yeah. in the episode. Because if you'll notice, neither this episode nor last episode said anything about Quince. Last episode said Addison's pregnant patient showed up, but neither episode said anything about quintuplets. And that's like pretty central to both plot points. Yeah. It's the it's for sure the plot point that I cared about the most for both of these episodes. Yeah. So, anyways, being, okay. a, being a parent now, we'll uh, dive in. Let's start with our recap. Um, mostly our love triangles, right? So it's yep. Derek, Addison, Meredith, and then our love square of Alex, Izzy, Olivia, and George. Um, Alex messing up with his patient. There are quintuplets. Christina and Burke are moving in together. So that's pretty much it. That was the recap. And then we get, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I started it. I started it. <laughs> it's uh, We tried to start this earlier, but then we had to fight with our um, equipment. So Yes. I did make a couple of notes late. here, though. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I did make a couple of notes. It seemed like they briefly, like, they gave a, they, they went in order. So there was this little mm-hmm. sprinkle of, like, the past, and then it was very heavy on last episode. So I do yeah. like they, they brought it back. Yeah. Um, but at, at this recap, very rarely can I, or not very rarely... Fairly often, I can be like, oh, this is the direction the episode's going to go in. Yeah. I genuinely was like, oh, okay, just part two. Cool. Yeah. Where, where are we going? What's going to happen? Isn't, it's not like build together. There are part. There are two-part episodes that aired separately but are billed together like on different websites. And this one is like they act as though they're really very separate episodes. And I, it's confusing to me. I don't really understand it, but whatever. Um, okay, so we pick up and we're in the NICU. And all of the interns are arguing about which baby is the best one. And it's very cute. And all the babies are like two pounds and they are so small. Which is, and it is tiny, crazy. tiny little. I have, so I have crazy. poops that weigh more than some of those babies. <laughs> Your baby probably has poops that weighs more than that. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so while I was watching this, I, I paused immediately after the recap. And Jessica was like, this is 10 seconds into the episode. How do you already have a note? Um, <laughs> Do you know the song that she was referencing when she said the Beatles said 40 years ago, where do all the lonely people come from? Yes, it's Eleanor Rigby. Because I looked it up yes. because I immediately like could start singing the song in my head. But I was like, but why wouldn't they just name the episode after that song? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, because the name doesn't. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. This episode is titled Eleanor Rigby. And then. But that's yeah. not your favorite Beatles song. It's your a good one. Beatles it's not song it's my is favorite. Penny Lane? No. Something no. else that starts with a P? Yes. Right. And an A. Nope. E is the second word of letter of penny. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. P-A is paperback writer. P-E uh, paperback is penny writer. lane. I knew it was uh, with a P, and I was like, am I wrong? Yes. No, you're right. The answer. 
Uh, my favorite part of that scene where they're all sitting there with the quints is is he's like, it's not a competition, but my quint kicks your quint's ass. Yeah. The one moment where I don't hate her in this episode. Yeah, it's, it went downhill quickly. Yep. It was bad. That's a bad Ugh. Izzy episode. Poor Izzy. It's not. No, I don't feel bad for her. And I, I was do. confused because I was like, do the writers want me to feel bad for her? I don't know. Or do they want me to be like, why are you so annoying? And they were doing that thing where they make George likable again, except for like a very small, very like less than one minute scene. I didn't like him. But for the most part, I was like back on team George. Was the scene that you didn't like George in when he was trying to ask Meredith to, yes. to Jose? Yeah, like yes. a fucking moron. Yes. The Dude, only time give it up. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. Anyways. So Alex is trying to talk to Izzy. She's mad, which she's allowed to have her feelings hurt and she's allowed to be mad. But I feel like the way she uh, reacts publicly to the situation is not great, is my feelings. Yeah, a lot of outbursts there. And she's like, oh, you're too busy screwing nurses. Just calm down. Yeah, and then then she's rude to George because he's like, she says something mean about Olivia, which, like, Olivia didn't know they were to quote unquote together. So Olivia, as far as she knew, wasn't doing anything wrong. And so she keeps making hateful statements about Olivia. And then George is like, hey, I also slept with her. And she's like, well, then you both have bad taste. And I was like, okay, shut up. And then she's mad because no one's on her side. And I'm like, well, I'm not on your side either. So I don't know. I don't understand. I, I, uh, so uh, this is obviously bouncing around a little bit. So the, you, you have this first scene where they're like, oh, you're, you dodged a bullet, Izzy, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then she's like, oh, thanks for the support, guys. Uh, and, and she looks very sad. Like, and I, and I do feel bad because you could yes. tell that she's hurt. But then you fast forward to the, to later on in the episode and she feels betrayed by Meredith because she eventually does talk to Alex. Spoiler, spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, but, when they're like, she she calls it back to when uh, Derek and Meredith were no longer a thing, right. and she says, uh, "Where is it? Something about uh, you know when everyone was saying those things to you, it, it comes off as condescending. It's not, it's not supportive." Yeah, she's like, Izzy "I never just, told you that." Right, and if Izzy in that moment would have just acted a little bit more in that manner, we could have saved a whole bunch of Izzy hate for this episode. Yeah. It just, yeah, I just, and then she's just lashing out. They weren't even dating. Her feel, thank you. I'm like, it bothered me as much as Meredith and Derek irk me. It bothered me that she tried to compare her and Alex to Meredith and Derek. And I was like, they were in a relationship for a long period of time. You and Alex, it is established multiple times in this relation, in this episode that you were not officially together exclusively. Yes, your feelings can be hurt. I totally understand that. For multiple reasons. A, because he slept with someone else and you caught him. And B, because he physically couldn't sleep with you. So now you also probably think something else is going on with you, which would suck. But I'm just like, it's not your boyfriend. Like, you can be upset, but like, gauge the appropriate levels of what you are. I don't know. I don't want to say owed, but you know, like where the relationship is. Well, you know, it's it's like de-escalating a customer situation. Meet them where they're at. Right now, right. <laughs> your level of anger is not meeting where this relationship, quote-unquote, right. is at. 
Oh, goodness yeah, gracious. Anyways, so Christina and Burke. Yes, Burke's trying to be cute. He's like, I made breakfast. Christina's trying to find a clean shirt and rushing out of the apartment. Smelling her shirts. And she's like, I have to round before everyone else rounds so I can pick which patient I want for rounds. I was like, say round one more time. And so then um, she takes the coffee and just like sprints out the door. And Burke is just like, pours it okay, into bye. her thermos like an animal. <laughs> yeah. I love her so much. I actually, um, I, f- I felt Bert, Bert, I felt Bird. <laughs> bird uh, for Burke. Bird for Burke. Uh, I felt bad for him a little bit in that scene. It's, he's like, bye. Like, yeah, I, I felt bad for him. It's also one of those things where when you start living with people, you learn a lot about them very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what he is doing is sweet. And I think he is learning that uh, it might not be compatible with the way she lives her life. Just a smidge. Um, Okay, and then we get George trying to ask Meredith out again, but she's distracted because Derek and Addison are arguing about she, like, doesn't want to live in a trailer, which is fine. Not everyone has to live in a trailer. But it's a lot of land. Maybe, like, put a house on it. You don't have to live in a trailer. You're rich. You can build a house. When she's like, I gave up a Central Park brownstone. I'm not doing that to to live in the forest. I'm like, you just you could just build a brownstone here if you want. You guys are That's loaded. What I'm saying you can literally do whatever you want. You have all the dollars. Do so. you think that their characters each make at least a million dollars a year if they were to translate that into real doctorings? Probably. Plus, I know from other things that Addison is already rich. Okay. Spoiler alert. It's not in this show, though, that you learn that. Oh, so spoiler alert. Other spoiler alerts. Yeah. Do you learn that in Station 19? I'm Private practice. I'm to tell you where you learn it, but it's not in Grey's Anatomy. When you have a name like Addison something. Adrian Forbes Adrian Montgomery Forbes Shepherd. Montgomery. It's the Adrian I always forget. Yeah. Forbes Montgomery Shepherd, you're loaded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Um, Okay, so then they're in the locker room. Christina wakes up Izzy because she fell asleep because she was on call. And Izzy's all pissy. And she calls Christina a bitch. And Christina says, I like you bitter and pissed off. You're almost like a normal person now. And I thought that was funny. And I love Christina. And Izzy can suck it. Did you have anything to add? Why are you making that face? I don't remember them saying that. I remember oh. her saying, hell hath no fury like a girl whose non-boyfriend screws a nurse. Yes, and that's when Izzy says bitch, and then Christina says the other thing. Oh, right. I was so busy typing that part that I missed <laughs> the follow-up. <laughs> that's my favorite part about this, the, with the things that you and I choose to take notes on. Right. Like, what what happened in the last episode where I was like, wait, what? I didn't catch that. Oh, oh with, yeah. with, uh, ma- with George mouthing I will oh, to yeah. Izzy. Yeah. Um, which is why my prediction th- prediction I thought was happening in this episode. Damn it. Oh, no. Anyways, continue. Um, okay. So we meet the first patient, Carl. He has a couple skin melanomas. They've removed them, but they're going to, they have to like stimulate the blood to return to the area. And so they're going to use leeches to do it, <laughs> which is gross, but pretty cool, but also gross. How would you feel being the doctor who thought, let's use fucking leeches? Well, We're probably put like a genius, face. because I have to imagine that was hundreds of years ago, and they're still fucking doing it. So <laughs> That's fair, it actually. Seems to have stuck I didn't around. 
Uh, keeping me grounded. My thing That's is, fair. like, if I'm the patient, I would say, so this is going to cost me, like, 12 cents, right? Because you just got a bug out of a lake. <laughs> no, so no, that's 12. I don't have to, you got to add 13 more zeros. Right, exactly. Um, that's gross. Okay. Anyways, Alex's patient is in a coma because of him giving the wrong direction for the dosages. And he's upset, which I appreciate, but also he is still at fault. But it is what it is. It's like a weird, they don't really address it as much as I kind of, as someone outside of the medical community, I wish it was kind of explained more that, because then Derek's like, oh, I killed someone once. And then I'm like, can you just, can you expand on this in any way? Yeah. Like, were you held accountable or were you just given a promotion? I don't understand. Well, like with this one, because I feel like a lot of it is you get sued for medical malpractice, right? And this one, we know this man has no friends, no family. So no one's going to sue Alex for doing anything because no one cares that this man has dead, unfortunately for him. But um, so I, and I, I remember recently there was a story, and I know by recently, I mean like the past two or three years maybe, where a nurse made like a, a mistake in dosages Um and I don't know if the patient died, but there was some kind of result. And then she like, but she told the hospital that she did it before anything else happened. And then they fired her. And it was this huge thing. Cause they were like, medical professionals have to be able to say like, Oh, I've made a mistake. We need to correct it. Otherwise they won't say it. I don't know. It was really, I'm probably getting all of this information wrong. I just wish there was more of like an accurate medical explanation on this topic specifically for the show. If you're a doctor or an attorney who knows anything about any of this, please write to us because we will maybe even do a whole episode on it because I feel like it's probably very nuanced and like there's a lot of stuff that we have no idea about. Yeah. If you are a medical malpractice lawyer, (laughs) write in and we'll have you on the show as a guest. Truly. Or if you know one. Or if you have ever been sued for medical malpractice. Just kidding. Don't yeah. <laughs> you or don't have you, to talk to us about that. <laughs> or if you uh, you know, are Ellen Pompeo or Sandra O oh or right, right, right. you know, Patrick Dempsey Shonda and want to come on the show. Yeah, Shonda Rhimes. Come on, come on on the show. We'll ask you some medical malpractice questions. Yes. Um, okay, so then they go, they're updating the parents for the quintuplets. I just feel so bad for the mom in this whole episode because I can't even imagine because when you deliver a baby and everything is fine, your hormones are like all over the place. I can't imagine having those insane hormones and having five babies in the NICU with like all of this, just like overwhelming information being thrown at you. Like I don't even know, like truly the way she reacts in this episode is completely understandable to me as someone who's gone through the postpartum phase. Like, I honestly was like, the fact that you're even awake is pretty impressive to me. I would just be yeah. like, sobbing in a ball on the bed the whole time. So it was at this point that, and they, they touch on it later because she talks about the decision to not terminate two of the pregnancies. Right. To try to have three healthy babies was actually hers and her right. husband wanted to do that. Uh, 
I had I had made the note that this seems like the moment where she's realizing she made a bad choice, and it, it seems. And, and to be clear, not being a mother, that's an impossible choice to make. Right. As a father, I could say very easily what I would do, but I don't think as a mother you're you're ever going to have a clear cut answer. So I can appreciate what's going on in, in the character's mind, right. but. Anyways, yeah, it's 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 a sad episode for her. Yeah, I feel like I don't want to say she made a bad choice. She is now, with hindsight, regretting the choice that she made. But I feel like I wouldn't be like, oh, it was a bad choice. Because then you that implies that you like regret any of your children, which I don't think is true. You just are sad about the fact that this is your reality now. Yeah. Um, And then Christina is kind of working on the bedside manner a little bit. Like she's trying to give the details on the baby and Bailey is like, Hey, maybe just do it in English. And she does it. And she's like, Oh, she's okay. Like whatever. She's still Christina about it, but it's like a little bit nicer. You can like see a little bit of a change coming through. Izzy. Okay. And then Bailey tells Meredith to watch the mom because she can tell like she's upset. She's overwhelmed. She said, don't let her hormones get the best of her. And Meredith is like, okay. And then Izzy gets all distraught that because she wants to hang out with the mom. And she's already on the quint that has the heart surgery. So Bailey's like, you need to stay with Burke and do the heart surgery. And Izzy is getting very sassy with Bailey about it. Oh, and she puts her in her place. Help you. Like, I am telling you what to do and you're going to do it. Yeah. When she says, I don't know why you're so angry, but keep it to yourself. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, and you're not even she's, angry for a good reason, Izzy. She's just already doing that thing where she's like too invested. She's taking it too personally. She's like, I, I hope have a this episode teaches her a lesson about that. I doubt she ever learns any lessons ever. I don't know. She's don't like know. Derek, never apologizing. You can not apologize and still learn a lesson. But no one knows you've learned it. You could say you've learned it and still not yeah, apologize. Yeah, you can say a lot of shit. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. That's so fair. That's a good point. Then they get page to the ER, and um, that's when we meet the crazy inmate murderer who has swallowed razor blades to escape solitary confinement. It's crazy. crazy. And then we get the intro, which is almost nine minutes in, but it's not the full song. So the, yeah. I think this was just another long episode because it's still 43 minutes, so I think they just cut out the... The song intro, but yeah, it's almost nine minutes to get to the intro in this one. So a lot happens. A lot happens before we get our little Grey's intro. And Christina is not into the murderer lady. No, doesn't like her, but yeah, (laughs) Um, would you, would you like the murder lady? She's a crazy person. She's also a murderer. Um, She's not kind. So, and then Bailey tells... (laughs) Christina to stay with the murder lady and she says she wants to go check on the quince and Bailey's like I'll check on the quince and then uh, Christina says uh, are you sure you can't do this and Bailey says uh, I can I choose not to and I was like <laughs> Bailey is so sick of these people and their bullshit and that well is even even going back to when they were on the stairs and she's like yeah these babies were born eight weeks too soon or the, or something like they should have yeah. stayed eight weeks in the womb just like interns they're helpless and i'm like yeah, yeah they're, they're not are. ready for the world not ready for the world um then olivia has to page george because she is afraid of leeches which is fine because they're probably gross and george is being very sassy 
Very sassy. And a little bit inappropriate, but entertaining, so I'll let it slide. (laughs) And (laughs) Judge Kelsey's ruling is, I will allow it. (laughs) I'll allow it. And then Olivia and Izzy are in the elevator. Well, let's back up, because George had a good one-liner. Okay. Ooh, what was when it? she says, I get a little squeamish around leeches, mm. and he goes, That's not what I heard. Yes. That was the inappropriate <laughs> crossing. This is the line. He's jumped it over. And we're here. But the elevator so, scene. Yes. Take so it away. Olivia tries to apologize to Izzy. It's awkward, but she's still trying. She's like, I didn't know you guys were together. I just like was having a bad day and I wanted to feel better. And, you know, I think Alex is a good person, but also good in bed. This is an awkward conversation. I have regrets about coming to this conversation. And then Izzy just storms out. I'm like, you could at she least She acted her like out. George in yeah. this. She pulled a George. She did. Couldn't talk to a woman. Uh, Izzy is just like, don't blame. A, like, she didn't know. Just why are you being... Don't it's oh, it bothers me so much. This is some I'm sure patriarch patriarchal bullshit where everyone just blames the lady <laughs> when the boy cheats, even though he's the one that was cheating, and even though it wasn't really cheating, but it's fine. And then, but Olivia didn't even know about it, but everyone's like, "Oh, Olivia's a homewrecker." That I I can't. I hate it so much. It makes me so mad. I in this episode, while I still love Catherine Heigl strictly based on her looks, for the most part. So uh, so deep and not shallow at all. So deep and not shallow at all. Uh, hey, listen, I oh, never mind. That's just that was going to be a different <laughs> That's rabbit another hole. Another time. Uh, I'm Team Olivia on this episode. Yeah, she is very unfairly treated. But I'm sure if I was to get into the psyche of if this was a real scenario, Izzy being upset even more is when uh, when Olivia was like, "He's good in bed or in bed," which he is. I'm which I'm sure you know. Yeah, and she's like, "No, nope, I don't. I don't. You know." Yeah. That was rough. Good for her, though. Escape the SIF. Honestly. Um, so then Meredith and Derek are talking in the NICU, and on it, it's pretty flirty, in my opinion. Pretty flirty. It, it, it's very, yeah, there's there's tensions. Mm-hmm. She's there's like, vibing. Um, George, George sees, like he's not amused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, how dare they speak to each other. Well, he's like walks in and immediately turns around. I was like, nah, can't do this. Can't observe the love of my life with this man. The love of her life. <laughs> um, one of the quints has a lung collapse and they fix it. And Derek's like, oh, well done. And George is like, do you want me to page your wife so she can come in and stop you guys from flirting? Uh. <laughs> or do you guys just want to fuck right here in front of me? <laughs> That's and one of these too, babies. I'll be sad about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so George, then Meredith goes idiot. to update the mom. I know. And she's still very, like, disconnected from the situation because she feels guilt and regret. And it's and I'm sure she, her hormones are all over the place. So it fucking blows. She, this is when she said she blames herself because she could have reduced the pregnancy. But... You make the choices you make in the moments with the information and the beliefs you have. And yeah, yeah. If you if she had a crystal ball and someone was like, We can hundred percent guarantee you that four of these babies are gonna come out and not have a good chance of survival, then like she probably would have made a good decision. But that's not odds anyone can give you. It's just like 
flip of the coin shot in the dark, you have to make the choices that you're that you can live with. Yeah, and also correct me if I'm wrong. They they had a game plan to keep prolonging that pregnancy. Yes, yeah, it was supposed to. They were trying to get to thirty four weeks, I think. Yeah, two. They were trying to get two more weeks, yeah. right? Which would really at the end of pregnancy, a lot happens. So especially with the lungs, and um, that's like obvious. Which t- I always thought was weird. I was like, those are really important. Why are they like the last thing that develop? They're like, well, you got to really think they important. don't. You don't need the lungs yeah, when you're inside of a water chamber. Yeah, but you could still have them just in case you are born and need <laughs> them. Uh, hey, God. Hey, quick, fetuses. Quick feedback. Uh, when those babies are developing, can we start with the lungs? Honestly. Yes, yeah, skip skip the skin. Skip lungs the first. belly button. Unnecessary. <laughs> Umbilical cord straight to the lungs. <laughs> I know science, guys. <laughs> Rewriting science books. And this I'm all takes so place in the fallopian tubes. Remember that, people. <laughs> yeah, and the liver. <laughs> um, okay, so then Izzy and Burke scrub in for the, the teeny tiny heart surgery. And he's like, oh, you've never seen a heart this small. And she's like, I bet I have because she sees Alex through the window. And it's melodramatic and I hated it. I hated it so much. I hated everything about it. It was pretty melodramatic, but I wrote, uh, have you seen the Grinch? <laughs> Even the baby's uh, heart is smaller. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a preemie. It's two weeks. There are two pounds. And then. That heart's got to be 30 grams. I don't know. What is weight? I don't know. I, I don't know. That seems. I feel like now 30 grams is too much for a heart. 30 <laughs> grams is 40% of the body weight. <laughs> you guys were doctors. <laughs> guys listen this is what happens when the entire first like 45 minutes we were supposed to be recording we lost because of technical difficulties it's in the internet evolved. everything's oh, fine okay so okay. then bailey is in the nicu and she's like baby talking the little preemie and christina walks in and i actually think it's very cute and then bailey's like pregnancy has not made me soft i've not gone soft i'm just talking to a patient <laughs> so good that was very good that was cute um, so then they have the x-rays from the crazy lady who has swallowed four razor blades just Dumb. so she can leave solitary confinement. Now, I don't, my main question is where does someone in solitary confinement get razor blades? That was my thought for most of the episode. I have Not to just assume one. she's like paid a warden to give them to her because I don't feel like that's readily available in prison. That's what I would guess. Uh, I also don't know what someone in solitary confinement has to trade other than sexual favors. If you're in solitary confinement, email us. <laughs> if you're a warden <laughs> and you sell racers to people, email us. We'll Through protect sexual your, favors. We'll protect your anonymity. We'll give you one of those uh, those voiceovers so where it's like, oh, so yeah. tell us what you would do to get the razors to this person and then you would say well i I had to give them the the sex the sex (laughs) we're doing great yeah this is wonderful uh this episode is spiraling okay christina has no patience for this woman she's like you're an idiot i don't care about you in any way and why would you swallow four razor blades you're fucking dumb and also why would you ask for one of the worst ice cream flavors you don't like mint chocolate chip i was offended because i love rocky road Rocky Road is better than mint chocolate Rocky chip, Road but nothing is, is better than 
cotton candy flavored ice cream. I think what you mean is nothing is better than sweet cream with Oreos. Ooh. Also, verdict. The pre-made ones are not better than the handmade ones. So there you go. That's why it costs more money. Yes. Double the price. Yes. Uh, okay. Can I, can I also, so this, I want to take a moment here and I want to, I want to put yourself back to 2005, 2006 healthcare minds. Mm-hmm. So while I'm watching New Amsterdam, they call for site consults quite a bit. The second they found the four razor blades in there, they, they must have thought and maybe, do you think it was more taboo still, even just 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the, the psychological aspect of patients? Because who would have thought, who wouldn't have thought? Let's, let's maybe talk to this girl and speak to her psychological state. I think perchance, um, had she just been a free citizen walking around who did that, they absolutely would have done that. But I think she has forfeited some of her um, rights to that when she murdered people uh, is yes, the mindset yes. of the law. And so also they imply that she's done it before. So they might not give a shit because they know her history and they're like, she's not trying to hurt herself. She even tapes them to like, so that she knows they'll poop right out. And so can you imagine pooping out that razor blade? I'd rather not. Yeah. Mm, I hate it. I hate it. I don't even. I don't even like diarrhea. Like, no, not <laughs> no happening. No one likes diarrhea. No, I, but I but she 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 would prefer the razor blades over diarrhea. I uh, okay. Diarrhea doesn't get her out of solitary. Okay, we're gonna move on. Oh, Meredith goodness. tries to cheer up the mom, and she's like, "Why don't we? We only bring you up here when we throw all this medical jargon at you. But why don't we just bring you up here to like let you meet your kids and like sit with them?" And of course. While they're up there, one of them crashes. And that is very difficult for the mother to see, so she leaves, which is understandable. So I would also be freaking out. I think, because uh, dis- you're talking about when Dory disappears, right? Yes. So you skipped over just a little bit. Uh, what? When, so Izzy and Burke in the procedure room when Addison no, walks that's in? next. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe you're right and I'm wrong, but I have the uh, three notes down from that. I have, where did Dory go? <laughs> oh, yeah. But Well, because they, it's Meredith takes Dory to visit the babies, one crashes, and then it flashes to the heart surgery where they're like, we can't do anything. And then it flashes and then she disappears back afterwards. and she in, intubates the baby. And then Dory is missing. What were your thoughts on how Bailey conducted her? Not Bailey. Uh, Izzy conducted herself in that surgery room with Burke and Addison right there. Uh, pretty typical Izzy bullshit, in my opinion. She's like, "Well, you should just fucking do it because I want you to." Yeah. Um, okay. Well, they are attendings who are board certified in both cardiothoracic surgery and teeny tiny babies. So I feel like you should shut up. Yeah, my complaint on that is. Like, you're lucky Burke was there because now you guys have cooked a turkey together. You have a relationship that is forged in the thickets of an American holiday. And you're spitting in his face by being a dickhead. Yep. I feel like she's definitely taking advantage of that pre-established time together and trying to be like, well, you should do something, even though he knows by his doctoring abilities that nothing else can be done. Yeah. Did you also notice that all the babies had their eyes taped over? Yeah, I think that something 
they do because I think it might have to do they do the little like UV lights to help with um certain like vitamin deficiencies or something. Got it. That makes and sense. And I think so they have to like I I believe that's true. I don't know. I'm blessed that I maybe did not have to go to the NICU, so I don't know for positive, but I think that might be true. Um, okay, and so then Bailey and Christina are pulling out the razor blades, and Bailey's like not really defending the woman. She's just trying to be like Christina, like try and think about what it would actually be like to be in solitary confinement, and you can maybe understand why people do dumb shit. I could do it. I could handle solitary confinement. I could for a little bit because I love sleep, but I think I would have some issues after that. Yeah, also, I was being completely I sarcastic. I could not do it. The food situation. Do I get good food? No. You probably do get I the get same shit. Blades? Yes. Through sexual favors with the warden. Email <laughs> <Apparently>. us <laughs> at Gray's Academy Pod. Um. So then we're checking in on the leech man, and he has now named all the leeches because he's a little bit of a weirdo. He's a nice fellow, kind of weird. He named his nose leech O'Malley. And he wants to keep the leeches because he's a little bit weird. Although I will say later on when he ends up saying like, oh, I want to take them back to the water and release them. I'm like, okay, that's less weird. Like if you wanted to keep them in your bathtub, it would be super weird. But taking them out into the water and like letting them free. I'm like, okay, respectable. Well, yeah, because he said that it's uh, one of his favorite hiking trails. Which Yeah, he's a very nature person. And then he said, like, they saved his life, so he wants to save theirs, which is nice. It's just weird because they're leeches. It's very weird, but admirable. Um, and then George is getting salty with Olivia because she's like, hey, maybe don't be inappropriate in front of patients. And he's like, hey, maybe don't be a hoe. And I'm like, don't speak to her like that. I am so sick of everyone's attitudes. Is yeah. disrespectful and sexist. And he, he even said, like, because they, they start getting into it a little bit. They start to get a little bit of the bickering and the fighting right. going. And he's like, why Alex and why again? And it's good questions, but, like, at the end of the day, you broke up with her. She owes you no explanation. She, owes she also owes Izzy no explanation. Exactly. This is what She I'm really saying. doesn't. Uh, but, and she's like, people get lonely. And I'm like, well, yeah, people get lonely. Like, just, you know. If you're not in a relationship with someone, fuck whoever you want. Exactly. Also, they say the word lonely a lot in this episode. Like, not even in the voice. I did like, notice the characters that. go out yeah. of their way to be like, I am lonely. I feel lonely. I am lone. So, Owner of a lonely heart. Where do all the lonely people come from? <laughs> um, so then Meredith calls the dad and is like, hey, maybe if you brought your sons by, it'll like cheer the mom up, which is a really great idea. I appreciate the thought, but they're sick with the flu. So she's like, yeah, definitely don't bring them, which is a good call, um, but kind of thwarts her idea to make the mom feel better. So um, then Meredith goes to talk to Alex and is trying to be nice and trying to help with the patient. And the brain dead Izzy, one. Yes. And that's or when not Izzy the brain dead in. guy, the brain dehydrated guy. Yes. And that's when Izzy comes in and is mad because she just wants everyone to hate Alex on her behalf. And that is when the, she said, you, why not? You slept with everyone else to which I wrote. Izzy is a rude poop. Yeah. Several she, eye roll emojis. 
It started, so she doesn't know at all what her and Alex are talking about. And mm-hmm. it's also equally none of her business. Correct. I did write down the line, because this, this interaction with them, I think it was actually very important. It's one of my favorite scenes in the episode in general, because mm-hmm. it was like, no one's talking to me. And, I'm like, and she's like, uh, I'm talking to you in short, uh, monosyllabic sentences laced with disdain and contempt. Right. Which is just so funny. Like, so dry funny. It's good. good. Yeah. But, you know, we don't have a lot of backstory on Meredith. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet. You don't. And we... I don't. Yeah. We... We, I do. We, the audience at this point in season two, do not. We, this podcast, have a little bit more. Yes. So when she says that she was this party person and she was the one at family reunions that people were ashamed of... Mm Mm-hmm. And she's trying to relate to Alex, thinking that he's going to understand that. And he's like, is that what you think of me? Yeah. Well, yeah, it bro, honestly that's took me back. You portray yourself. Right. And, and, and it took me back because something in Alex's head says he really, yeah, he's a dick. But, like, also, he doesn't truly to the core of his being think people are ashamed of him. Yeah. The way that Meredith was dealing with. Yeah. So it's just a very, I think it's a very important conversation. Mm-hmm. And Izzy ruins it by calling meredith a slut yeah honestly the slut shaming in this episode is uncalled for and also very uncalled uncalled for for. let people do whatever they want um christina talks to the inmate lady and she's and she tries to leave and the inmate is like don't leave and christina goes okay why'd you kill three people and she (laughs) said just dive right in um she says like oh well i was high and my boyfriend told me we had to rob this place and he said he would leave me if I didn't help and I didn't want to be alone and I in my head I was like well you ended up being alone a loner like the most alone a person can be in solitary confinement so, in a jail I don't remember what it is that Christina says specifically she's like clearly loneliness has its benefits or something along those lines and I just want to be like but you ended up being alone anyways so like you are dumb. Don't kill people. Don't do meth to start with either. She didn't say it was meth. We're just assuming it was meth. No, I think she said she was high on meth. Did she say meth? I just thought she said she was high. No, I think she said she was on meth. Maybe she said that. I don't I'll, know. I'll, I would have to go double check, but I'm like 99% because it's in my note that said she was high on meth when she killed three people. Interesting. Um, meth does sneeze, stupid stuff to people. A lot of illegal substances do. Well, you know, yes. Uh, (laughs) But if you're looking at, like, Coke or, I mean, crack also is not great. Or heroin, even. Right. You're not going to go on a murder spree most of the time. There's a lot of people on meth that kill people and then end up eating people. Meth fucks you up. It's not good for you i'm not meth shaming but i am meth shaming i am just saying maybe don't do meth yes all right continue um where am i hold on oh so then olivia pages george again because she's like i'm really sorry i can't help with i can't do the leeches like i need help and he's like i'm a surgeon and she goes you're an intern and i'm like good for (laughs) you olivia zing um uh, it's uncomfortable. It's inappropriate. And then Olivia just storms out. She apologizes to the patient and then storms out. And George just goes, she gave me syphilis. 
Let the record show she is so wrong. <laughs> I am allowed to be this way because she gave me syphilis. Um, and then um, Addison is talking to the chief and she's like, hey, do you remember when you did this thing to me? But doesn't really go into uh, details. And Ad- she's like, oh, I think I have to do the same thing to Izzy Stevens because I think it's going to help her because she's super talented and I, I think she like has what it takes, but she needs to learn this lesson. And I would have loved a little bit more backstory on when Addison's like, Hey, do you remember when you did this to me? Because it's kind of vague and we're kind of clearly very traumatizing Make too. a lot of assumptions about what she's about to do with Izzy. So, um, Izzy is bitching to George and Christina about Alex and Meredith. And they basically just straight what? I want to go. I want to stick on that scene. For oh, a the second. Addison chief scene. Okay, go for it. She's because Weber or uh, yeah, Weber's like. Do you think she's really that good? And then yeah, she and says she, something along the lines of, "She yeah, she's like the best, the best I've, seen, I've in seen in years. in a long time." Yeah. I can you please correct me? Have we seen a lot of Izzy being really great for Addison to have that assumption, or is it just we're supposed to? understand that Izzy's emotion emotional connection from that one scene where she's like, Hey, you got a lot of promise in this field. Uh, I don't think she's done anything super crazy. And then, but the last episode, she she was also on Addison with Addison. So I think Addison is seeing that she does have the capability to be the good doctor, but she's letting it kind of get overrun by her Izziness. So she Mm. wants to try and separate those two things because she sees the potential of the doctoring, but she also sees the reality of where it's going to get lost. So that's what yeah. she thinks she's trying to solve, I think. Okay. That but makes I, more I sense understand the question because, like, especially as interns, you know, other than like George doing the heart in the elevator thing, we really haven't seen like any shining moments of people just like being uh, insanely incredible doing anything. But it's because they don't really have the opportunity. You know, they're not, you know, doing the surgeries, they're just watching right. and answering questions. So. Yeah. And then the last line that Weber gives is uh, being a teacher can be a lonely business. And I think that that was a really oh, big lonely. like mic drop. Yeah. Ding. Lonely. Take a shot. Take a shot. Whoop. We should um, start doing this as a drinking game. Um, okay. So then we're at the little cafeteria. Izzy's bitching and she's like, oh, Meredith was all over him. And Christina goes, seriously? Like, was she like straddling him? Or like, were they naked? Were they <laughs> fucking right in front of your face? In front of all those babies? They were having sex on top of the babies? <laughs> and I just like it because she's basically like, Izzy, stop being a dramatic little hoe. Because you're just being a bitch. And it's uncalled for. And, and then... Um, Sorry, George is George is like, you don't, I, I don't think you should get emotional over people you're not even dating. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you really want to do that? Yeah, appropriate response on Izzy's part, honestly. Um, but then, I don't remember what Christina says that makes Izzy leave, but George is like, that was wrong, but I loved it. So, uh, uh, Christina was like, are you going to murder oh, yourself so, right yes. now? So, there's no chance you'll kill us first. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, the the laugh that Christina has. Yeah, I love it. It's like the first time we see a real laugh yeah it's precious and i'm it was cute it's so precious ah sandra oh honestly i love her so much um sorry where am i 
Addison. Okay, then Addison is like, hey, Izzy, this is what I want you to do. This is the deal. Um, You have to keep this baby alive because we are going to try the surgery again if she makes it through the night. But also before this, she has already talked to the mother and basically told the mom, hey, your baby's not going to make it through the night, which we kind of see happening. But, I mean, we're just supposed to assume that's what's happening. And so then Izzy's like, oh, well, I was on call last night, but I'll stay again, whatever, whatever. And so we as the audience, I mean, at this point, do you know what's going to happen? You, Carmen. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to happen. Okay. I, when, when she walked away, I didn't get the hint that Addison was setting Izzy up for failure. I more so got a feeling of like, she wants to be a friend to Izzy right now, but she's right. choosing to not. So I did not get an instance that she's like, okay, just so you know, you're screwed. I didn't get that vibe at all. Sorry, there was just a huge crash in my house. So I don't know what just happened. Um, <laughs> Hopefully everyone's fine. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes. And then Alex is trying to save his patient, but Derek is like, it cannot, like, just let it go. Like, you, if he dies, it is your fault. You're going to have to move on. Also, side note, Derek is looking super outdoorsy. He's wearing a flannel and a vest, and he's got, like, outdoorsy good hair. I just wanted to make that note. Not really relevant, but I just wanted to, to make the note. <laughs> it is an important point, and the jury finds it noted. Uh, thank you. And then, uh, okay, Meredith apologizes to Izzy. Izzy is still being salty because she is being Izzy, and that is just the way that she has decided to be. And it's not fun. This was the scene that I was calling back from earlier where she, she, where she says... Uh, in this moment, she like she's trying to compare the Meredith yeah. and Derek thing to her and Alex. Mm-hmm. I will say the only thing that I do understand is when you say you're better off without him, it, it is more condescending than supportive. Yeah. Because basically you've just invalidated the entire time that you spent with that person. Yeah, because like, now you're like, ooh, gross. Why were you with him in the first place? You're so much better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like all of your feelings, go fuck them. They're stupid. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's that was where I wanted to call back that note from earlier. Yes. Um, the Constance is the inmate. She is choking because she tried to swallow the light bulb to get more time Dumb. in the hospital. So stupid. A stressful moment. And also, I'm like, but her, she was in restraints. She wasn't in handcuffs, but she was in restraints. So I'm like, how did she break the lamp and get the light bulb? Is my question. Also, writing flaw. We're going to have a small pause for our favorite segment Living in Shondaland. Living in China land. Nice. If you'll recall from last episode, uh, the dad we've already covered because he was in the last episode. Yes. Um, the woman who plays Constance, the inmate, uh, her name is Rosanna Arquette. And yes, she is the sibling of David Arquette and Patricia Arquette. And she was in two episodes of Private Practice. And Carl, the man with the leeches, his name in real life is Timothy Bottoms which is incredible. <laughs> Timothy Bottoms. <laughs> and he was in one episode of Private Practice. So, And it was just those two. So, and the dad. But we already did that. So, That's it. That was Living in Chandelion. Good times. Thanks for coming. I love it. 
And when when you do these, you're mm-hmm. making sure to just do a quick scan of USA Network shows, right? Like just yes. so that I can be okay. Cool. Yes, because <laughs> I like to be like, what? And were these people in Scrubs? Uh, were they in every USA Network show ever? Because Carmen will know them. Because <laughs> Carmen will know them. Were they in Psych? Yeah, uh, that's such were a they good in show. Brooklyn Nine Nine? We should do the opposite of this for Psych, where I've seen every episode a thousand times. Have you seen all of Psych? I have seen none of Psych. It does not appeal uh, to me. You okay? <laughs> so and let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. No spoilies. See you guys next week. <laughs> You've got a dream. Okay. <laughs> go uh, chase it. <laughs> um, okay. So Christine and Burke have to take the lady for emergency surgery because luckily he just happened to be walking by and notice what was happening because she was about to cut that woman's throat open bedside. And, okay, then one of the babies codes again, but they get her back. Oh, no, sorry. The baby that we know is going to die. Emily codes again. And they get her no, back. No, this is... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Also, yes. this Izzy music, I made, I made a note. This music right now, so mm-hmm. intense. Very tense. What was it? Do you remember? Let me see. It was like something intense. It wasn't like a... <laughs> it wasn't... It wasn't words. It wasn't a uh, like a like a band song, but it was like some sort of like music soundtrack thing. It was very the mood was. Was it the wild. James Blunt song? No, there were no words. Oh, okay, then never mind. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Meredith goes to check on the mom. This is I really like this scene, um, and the mom is like packing, and she's like, "I can't be here to watch them die." This is another thing. You know how I said that that Bailey yelling, it's huge, gets stuck in my head all the time? Yes. Um, this this gets stuck in my head a lot when the mom is like, I have to leave if Emily dies. And Meredith just cuts her off. And she's like, if Emily dies, it will be horrible. But if she dies and you are not here, it will be worse. And I don't know why. I just think that moment is played very, very sincerely and very, like, it's a hard truth to hear, but it is true. Like, it sucks but that's the reality. And I just think both um, actresses play it so well in that scene. And I just really, really like that scene. And I think it kind of like the mom needs to hear it. Like it sucks, but she needs to hear it. And she needs, I think to feel seen in that way. And um, yeah, I just really think Meredith does a great, that's a great writing and great acting. I had also never heard of the co-betting therapy. Yeah. That's so cool. Right. Yeah, I I thought because I, I never heard of this. I thought that when she starts unplugging stuff, I'm like, okay, this is interesting, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, I thought that they were going to put them all together in one bed, like mm-hmm. or one like cube. incubation cube. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the mom was just with this was with just Kate or Charlotte. Which one was I she think, with? I think so. Charlotte is the one that was having a hard time. So that's the one. Meredith Kate, moves. Kate's and totally I, fine. I think she puts her with Kate because Kate is the one doing the best. And I okay. think, and or, I don't remember. There's, there's five. Yes, and it's it's cool. I also like the because this is something I've experienced with doctors a lot. When, when the mom is like, "Why does it help?" and Meredith's like, "We don't know. We just know it helps." Because I had that a lot in my pregnancy, where I would be like, "Why is this happening?" and they were like, "Because you're pregnant," and I would be like, "Yeah, but why?" They're like, "We don't know. We just know it happens." And here's oh, a check for seven thousand dollars. A bill. Yeah. Please yeah, give a me bill, a check not a for check. seven thousand dollars. Yeah. Here's a bill. Sorry, not if a check. If anyone a wants bill. to Venmo me seven thousand dollars, I will gladly accept it. Um, Venmo at Crazy Academy Pod. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so Carl 
is this one we learn he's gonna go release the leeches into the creek and they have they have an, an a nice moment it's kind of weird but it's like a nice moment he's just like a nice old nature man he's seen some things he's like you it's not life is too short for you to waste being mad at people like do i also want to say i appreciate that george like apologize he's like hey it was inappropriate for us to have this conversation in front of you and i'm sorry which i like that that was addressed because it's true and um but they just have a nice a nice talk he's like it's not you don't want to be in love with someone who can't love you back it's not good so if you know if this person doesn't love you back you it, move on because you don't want to be begging someone to love you your whole life yeah and it, it was weird. I was getting a lot of. I remember the first one of the first episodes where uh, uh, George is taking care of one of Burke's friends, and it's the guy who voices yeah. Doctor Facilier. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if that was another thing, and I was like, "Dang, George, you were putting off some energy because all <laughs> these dudes love you." But yeah, it it was a nice moment. It was a very it was a real human moment, which I appreciate. Yeah, nice connection. Uh, yeah, and. It's true, though. As someone who has gone through a lot of emotional healing when it comes to family members, uh, through the majesty of not going to therapy. Oh, my God. Go to therapy. <laughs> you are not I healed. I will. Uh, I am healed. Uh, <laughs> it, it's when, when you, yeah, living your life angry, it's going to cause you so much stress and pain. So yes. good on you, Carl. Um, Izzy is really struggling to do what what to do with the baby and the nurse is like trying to help her and she hasn't slept in like 50 hours so she's a little snappy but she does go back and apologize she's like i'm sorry i'm just like really like stressed trying to keep this baby alive this is what we're gonna do this is my plan blah blah then derek and meredith are talking it is interesting in the recap that derek should say i'm not talking to meredith anymore um because he is talking to her and it is in no way job related and it's a lot there's a lot of strictly personal and again so very many conversations. flirty. Yeah. Very flirty. Uh not professional in any way. So that's just dumb. And she's like, "Oh, so you're still the same guy? You're still you?" He's like, "I'm still me and I still want to bone you." And then George is and George is not pe- amused. peeking in like a clown. <laughs> Leering no, again. No, George is just peeking in like a freaking Yeah. He's leering like a leech. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, oh, it, the baby dies while Izzy's asleep. And sad. She's very mad sad. about it. It is sad. Um, she's really mad about it. Addison tries to talk to her about what happened be like, it's not your fault. It was going to happen, but now you know what to do should this situation arise in the future. And Izzy's like, I'm too tired and bitter to learn any lessons. I hate you. And being a doctor, get away from me. That's not what she said, but that is how I took it because I was annoyed with the way she responded. She was just, in my opinion, overly dramatic. However, I do realize that she was probably exhausted from being awake and she is sad that a baby died, which is sad. And it's also very sad when they show the mom with with the little dead baby. That was very upsetting. But she was there. She was there for the baby. Yes. Which I think is very important to note. Yes, it is. But it was just sad. But also, I did not care for Izzy's reaction. Um, you never do. Uh, it's true. Uh, and so then Bailey um, is like proud of Meredith. And she's like, hey, I'm really like, good job figuring this out. She's doing so much better. Like, 
you're good on you. You're doing a good job. Which what I appreciate about Bailey is she does take the time to recognize when someone is doing a good job, not just point out when they're doing a shitty job or when they're being annoying, which they are being annoying a lot. Right. Also, I, I could be wrong, but did you feel like Bailey was more pregnant at the end of the episode than she was at the beginning of the episode? Uh, I mean, I didn't physically notice anything, but I don't know why. Did you feel like she looked more pregnant? Yeah, I, I did. Oh. Maybe it was that you, you actually see her and all the rest of the clips in the beginning are like face shots or pan shots. Oh, yeah, shots like walking or see. like standing behind an operating yeah. table or something. Yeah, I see. I see. Um, uh, everyone goes to sit with Izzy in the locker room and she's like, my baby died. And they're like, we know. But Meredith says, oh, I think I have an idea of how to make you feel better. And um, Derek sees that Alex feels bad about the patient, kind of tries to relate. And he's like, oh, this is when I killed someone, which again, just would love any more information on. Maybe I'll try and do some research. I am sure it will be wildly over my head as I am neither a lawyer nor a doctor. And um, Alex, this is a nice human moment for Alex because um, he's like, no one should die alone. So he basically is like, I'm going to sit here because I don't want him to be alone when he dies, which is, you know, sad, but a nice moment in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's true. No one does deserve to die alone. It's, yeah. it's sad that it's going to happen, but it's, yeah. no one deserves it. Um, so then Christina is like explaining to the inmate what happened. She's like, we're going to keep you for two weeks for observation. This is where I'm confused. When the woman has swallowed the light bulb and is freaking out, there's like a moment of connection between her and Christina where she's like very panicked and she's like looking at Christina and she very clearly like is scared. And now something has shifted with Christina where she now is like, we're going to keep you longer than what we is standard for observation and i don't understand what we as the audience are supposed to believe like caused her to have this shift do you know what i mean well the the only thing i can think of is when when uh christina is pulling the stuff out and she's trying to save right uh constance yeah uh you like pan briefly and you see on her knuckles there's a tattoo of love l-o-v-e crossed out yeah so i don't know if that somehow played on Christina or maybe she has a relative who has the exact same tattoo. <laughs> I don't know what, what yeah, the I issue wanted, is, but because I really felt like it was supposed to be that moment where they like lock eyes and she's very clearly like, please save me. I don't want to die. Um, I, I just like want more explanation. And again, because of the way this episode is cut where we don't have the intro, I wonder if there was something that was cut out that maybe would have been more of an explanation. I don't know. I've not like seen a deleted scene or anything like that from this episode, but I just think it's interesting. And I just wonder, I was wondering, I was like, what happened? And there's really, in my opinion, no like true explanation. It's kind of just up to us to be like, I guess she just feels bad now, which specifically for Christina's character makes the least amount of sense. Right. Like, had yeah. it been any of the other interns, I'm like, okay, it's could have been argued that they could have gotten there on their own, but with Christina specifically, it makes the least amount of sense to me. So I completely agree. Yeah, this this arc within the episode makes no sense. And also, yeah. like, you're a meth addict murderer. Yeah, so, and, like, she was harping on that so hard for the first part of the episode. It just doesn't, it's just such a, like, a swift turn. So I yeah. just found that yeah. to be kind of weird. 
Um, Meredith and Izzy are getting a dog. So that's fun. Um, I didn't realize that. Did I miss a dialogue where they said, let's go get a puppy? Because well, they're Meredith just walking. Was like, I have an idea of what will make you feel better. And also at the very beginning of the episode, she says something about like, oh, I'm going to get a dog. And George is like, oh, an animal is not a replacement for a human. Because he's oh, like, oh, right, sleep with right. me yeah, instead yeah. of Derek. <laughs> so. Like a little punk. Uh, Addison sits with Derek. Or Addison is sitting and Derek. No, she finds Derek sitting and she comes and sits with him. And he's just like, neither of them say anything. And she just says, I'm lonely. Which is a vulnerable thing to say to someone. Because especially if it's someone like you're with all the time. You're basically being like, you're not really with me. Like, we are together all the time. And I don't feel like we are together. I am still alone. Yeah, so it I says wrote, a lot. She goes, I go, Addison is lonely. And I go, yeah, because Derek ain't doing shit to help her move on or build back their relationship. Yes, because Derek fucking sucks. He's not that bad. I disagree. In this particular moment, he is not good. In this episode, honestly, the only annoying thing he does is kind of flirt with Meredith. Um, overall, big picture, he's, um, up until this point, been pretty shitty. So... Interesting. Um, Christina. Oh, this is a nice moment when she goes home and he has like made breakfast, but only not for him, not for her, only one. And she's like trying to kind of like reach back out. So she sits down and like takes his toast and eats it. And his little smile is so cute because he like understands that that's her trying to reach out and like connect. And I just think it's so cute. Yeah. Also, bless that man because he is a saint for putting up with this character. It's true. He does have a lot of patience, and I love them together. Does he have a lot of patience or a lot of patience? A little bit of both. A lot of both. (laughs) Nice. Um, Um, And then we cut to the house, and Meredith and Izzy are playing with the dog, and they have named him Doc. And that's the end of the episode. Well, what are you going to give it? like a two straight up i didn't yeah. like it it's annoying and it kind of it kind of is a bummer because i think it has a lot of potential and there are things i like a lot about it but i just think um there's some story holes that i don't i i just am like missing something i don't feel like it's very clear what the writers are trying to get me like to where they want me to land on like the izzy stuff i just find it kind of all over the place in some ways so I'm, yeah, I'm going to give it an intern. I'm not about it. It's not the vibe. Yeah. I'm also giving it an intern and also story holes is like yeah, the PG version yeah. of porn. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there are some plot Wait, holes. Wait, hold on. I, I want to circle back. I don't, I don't want that to be the last thing that I say about that and my ranking. <laughs> my ranking is mostly low because I had, a, I had this expectation that one of my predictions comes true. In I this never episode. said that. <laughs> no, but I I feel like it was implied when you no. said my tr- my prediction was going to come true. No, uh, what I said was Jessica in the episode we recorded, Carmen made a prediction that was literally a hundred percent accurate, and then I texted then, her what it was. Then the Gray's Academy Instagram page said, "Listen in to see if Carmen's prediction was right," and I'm like. Yes, something's going to happen this episode, and then nothing happens. I never said anything about it being in the next episode. I just said, listen, Carmen's going to make a correct prediction. Whatever you said, it was misleading, and I would like my money back. You just think too highly of yourself, so I'm going to stop giving you compliments. No, stop. No, I take (laughs) it back. You're right. Kelsey, you are right. Yes, correct. Um, Don't threaten my words of affirmation. (laughs) Um, 
so yeah not great on this one uh hopefully the next one will will pick up a little bit more because it took a big 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 turn from the last one which we both really enjoyed so yeah um yeah i i do always appreciate some addison and again i thought a lot of the stuff with Meredith I, I did think was well done. It was pretty much just everything else that I was like, I have so many questions and none, none answers. So that's where we're landing low on this one, but that's okay. You know, not everything can be, you know, a solid a hundred percent. So it ebbs and I, flows. That's what makes it great. Yeah. And I think Netflix may have spoiled the name of the next episode. Is it grandma got run over by a reindeer? It is. Yes. Yeah, very excited. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs to sing at the uh, the holiday parties. I do hate that song, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, but was your yes. grandma killed by a reindeer? No, but what if I had said yes? Would you feel bad? <laughs> no, because I know you'd be lying. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Um, okay, so yes, we will see you guys in the next one where we will talk about grandma getting run over by a reindeer. Um, clearly, it is a Christmas episode, so... Unfortunately, it will be coming out in February, so we did not time that. But maybe one day they will line up perfectly. <laughs> not today, though. So thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Grace Academy Pod. Email us if you have information on any of the million things we don't know about or if you just have other thoughts. Um, Grace Academy Pod at gmail.com. And feel free to send us messages on Instagram or reach out there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you have a minute to leave a review or a rating, that would help us so much. Um, and also tell all your friends and all your families and every stranger you've ever seen on the street. And, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so thank you so much. And until next time. No spoilies. We'll see you guys in the next one.